Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curb. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights and information you can apply immediately to your farming operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explorer, with innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield potential, and reduce stress. Ag Explorer helps growers maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explorer can help you get more out of your crop at agexplorer.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, thanks for joining us for another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We've got a good topic for you today. We're talking about infurrow treatments, the evolution to using more infurrow treatments. We're talking about at time of planting, obviously. We're talking about the journey as it's seen from the eyes of Temple Roads. Temple Roads, Eastern Shore, Maryland, a fantastic contributor here for Extreme Ag. And we got Adrian Boyd with Ag Explore, one of our business partners who is going to tell us some of the things he sees covering his territory in North Carolina and also some perspective on uh, how you can be more effective getting the most bang for your buck using nutrients and the resources that you put into your crop by putting it where it needs to be. Temple, you were not always an inferral person. None of us were. Tell me about your journey to becoming more, uh, shall I say, diligent about putting stuff in furrow at time of planting. So I guess my infurrow journey started um, probably about 12 years ago. Um, and the reason that we started with it, because we, you know, we're in the Chesapeake Bay watershed, as we always talk about, and it's all about efficiency. So we're trying to get more efficient with things and we're trying to be proactive and we're trying to get ahead of that, ahead of the curve. It's all about, you know, staging and, um, you know, it's become about tissue sampling nowadays. But I don't use tissue samples exactly the same as what normal people do, I would say. Um, and I can explain that in a minute. But um, what drove me to it was I couldn't get in front of things. Like I was always felt like I was always chasing my tail. Um, so with being in furrow, I could get really efficient. I could build better root structure. I could drive a little bit of phosphorus into the plant. Um, nowadays, we have PGRs that help with that root system. So it, it goes back to what we what we talk about. You know, we talk about building this factory, you know, and we can't build a factory without a foundation. And it is the foundation to the whole year for me. It's an interesting way of looking at it, uh, the foundation. And we talk a lot about the, the important stuff that has to happen at time of planting, having your planter time, you set up right, your soil conditions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was only a couple of years ago, uh, then candidate Michael Bloomberg uh, stepped on his foot when he went on TV and said, you know, you look at agriculture, it's pretty simple. You just dig a hole, throw some seed in there and, uh, you know, voila, you got a crop. And we all know that there's a heck of a lot more to that. So, Adrian, I guess the question is, um, did we just not know? <laughs> is this an evolution that we just didn't get it? Like that there are simple things we could have done. We always were all about, you know, cultivation or seed bed and all that kind of stuff. Soid, soil to seed, seed to soil contact, et cetera. We were still like only partway uh, into the game in, in terms of uh, knowing what we now know. Well, I think you, I mean, I think you're onto something there and something that Temple just said about, you know, the foundational part of that, um, you know, we definitely break down products and look at them at what stage that crop is and where we're going to get the most benefit. But that really hit me thinking about an old farmer that we had in the community who always said, 
you got one shot to get it right. And um, I think we focused on that a lot in the past. You know, you think about how many planter clinics we've put on, how many times we're talking about seed to soil contact. And now as we move into in furrow, I think we really got some products out there with what we're, what we're seeing, um, you know, in, in, I keep saying efficiency, but definitely in driving that product that we're, we're spending dollars in um, to get it into the plant and just seeing that plant, you know, take off stand establishment um, root system throughout the year and seeing that with some of these humics and sugars and, and different technology we've got in these products are enhancing, you know, where we've, where we've got to with the inferro. I just wrote down a note. That's how my mind works. You started going, Adrian, about this. You said, we only got one chance to get this right. And I just started thinking about how many times in Northern Indiana, where I'm from, where people want to jump the gun, they get really excited about planting. And then they're also the first to replant. And, you know, when you're doing this much stuff, it's not like you just went out there and put a seed in the ground. You put a seed, Temple has probably a dozen things that are going in at time of planting. Am I, am I, am I overestimating? Okay. Half a dozen. No, you're, you're, you're probably spot on. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And so if you've got a replant, I mean, this is a different topic altogether, but the reality is you, if you say only one chance to get it right, well, it's kind of becomes a very costly endeavor when you say, I'm going to go out early and if I have to replant, what the hell? I don't know if you can think that way anymore with the amount of stuff you're putting in. Well, you really can't, you know, Damon, going back to what you're talking about, um, and Adrian hit on it a minute ago, when we talk about plant stands and, and bettering your ability to get a better stand, I've done tests where we turn the inferro off and we just run, you know, an insecticide and a fungicide, and we don't run all the other products, I'll get 2,500 to 3,000 more plants per acre where I'm running all these products. So, I mean, that to me alone, I mean, that can save your stand, you know, because if I'm planting, if I'm dropping 31,000 and, you know, and it drops to 26,000, I'm at the point I'm scratching my head. I'm like, well, you know, I think I might have to replant. So you're talking about taking that stand all the way out versus coming up with 29,000 in a, in a bad situation. You're like, Hey, I can deal with that. You know, in my area and my environment and dry land situation, I can grow a yield with that. So I'll leave that alone. And that in furrow, um, you know, my situation in, in furrow, it saved the day for me more than one time and that's i don't think people think about that but that's a big deal i just did a fun thing i'm going with what kelly garrett you know one of our tree mag guys says because i actually until i started working with these guys adrian i never thought about um yield per stock so kelly mm -hmm. said if i want to be out here ringing the bell i want six tenths of a pound of corn off of each plant you know, and I hadn't thought of that, but he's talking about, you know, one shell ear, right? And I just ran that number. Temple just used the number 3,000 more plants. If your in-furrow setup is done correctly, 3,000 more stalks actually mature, right? To take you to harvest. So then run that on 0.6 pounds. That's ends up being 32 bushels. So what you just told me there, and let's call it six bucks a bushel. I just made $192, right? at six bucks 
and by having the inferral right and that's not just some number you pulled out of thin air that's because you actually said if i get it right i experienced three thousand more live working plants and take it times 0.6 and maybe you're saying oh 0.6 is a little bit optimistic okay take it times a little less than that you're still talking 30 bushels at six bucks <laughs> It's interesting, Damien, because I've got a real-life example from last year to back up your number. So we took three of our products. We took our humic acid, which is Inferno. We took our carbon and sugar product, Octane, and Prevent NXT, which is our phosphorus solubilizer. We, we put those three in with the growers' uh, starter fertilizer program. It was the only change we made. We had a 16-row planter. We racetracked it across the field. And I followed it all throughout the season. So early on, we had a cool, damp um, event that came right after planting. About 4,000 plants better um, right there whenever, you know, final stand. You know, the, the plants beside it called up. You know, did it look, um, you know, not quite as extreme as it did to begin with. But whenever I pulled those ears back later on in, in at harvest time, you could shoot an arrow down the uh, the ears there just the consistency versus right beside it where we were just running a standard inferro program where you were seeing a lot of up and down uh and and just because of the this energy we saw from that you know we created a new product this year that's got all three of those that i just named in one container uh and, and it, it gets me back to you know something chad Chad Henderson said a long time ago, and I was listening to one of the uh, Extreme Ag podcasts. He said, we see a lot of synergy in these products. And, and that's what we're seeing there. And, and trying to bring something that makes it a little easier to the grower, um, you know, with having uh, a synergistic effect, but a little bit more of an ease of application. So he's not having to mix three products. But at the end of the day, we saw, you know, right at a 30 bushel yield increase because of a, uh, better stand establishment, you know, better root system, kind of carried us through some drought a little bit better. And, it, it, you know, I weren't expecting to see that when we, when we harvested that I field. want to talk about synergies gained based on Temple's experimentation. But before I do, I got to throw this out there. Temple said 2,500 to 3,000 more plants uh, emerge and become productive plants. And I took that number. And did you notice what Adrian had to do? He had to outdo you because he's a farm guy deep at heart. He had to do 4,000 plants. You know what? If we had That's another right. farm guy That's out here, right. 5,000 plants. It's kind of like when the farmers do the wake-up yep. game. Well, I wake up every day at 6 a.m. and get to work. Well, the next guy, he gets up at 5.30. The next guy, he's up at 5. You know, the last guy to talk, he stays up all night. I don't even go to bed. So he had to outdo you. Adrian, you just had to go and outdo Temple, didn't you? We just had to have a few more plants because we can't grow ears as big as what Temple and Kelly do. <laughs> Well, you know what I did, though? Because I, I was worrying, wondering about that. I'm like, okay, let's not say 0.6 pounds. Let's call it half a pound. I still ran your numbers, and that puts me at 35.7 more bushels on 56-pound bushels. That's nothing to sneeze at, all right? So I usually wait till the end to go to the money thing, and then we'll go to the synergies. Real quickly, Adrian or Temple or both of you, uh, somebody listening to this that's a skeptic says, all right, they put all this fancy stuff in there at time planning. I don't do any of that. But you know what? Maybe I don't get that 35 bushels, but I also don't have the expense. Well, 35 bushels or 32 bushels, we said that's $180, $200. Surely to God, I'm not spending $200 more on these products, am I? No, no you're not. You're, you're, you know, a lot of these products, you know, of course, 
you get tired of hearing it. But you, as soon as you ask a guy, you're like, you know, how much is this product? Oh, it's five dollars an acre. Oh, this yeah. is five dollars an acre, yeah. and all of that can add up. But um, you know, that five dollars an acre here and a five dollars an acre there, and I mean, the total cost of my infer program is probably twenty five dollars at max. You know, when when I add them all together, um, and that twenty five dollars goes a long way when you planted a 500 acre field or, you know, you planted 300 acres or a hundred acres. And then all of a sudden you don't have to replant. What's it cost you to replant? Because when you go back in and replant, yeah, the seed company is going to give you some seed. Yeah. You're going to try to make an insurance claim against it. Um, but you lost so much yield because you lost all that time. Nobody thought about that. No, there's another couple. Let's, let's, let's not stop there. Maybe you've got enough acres. You have to hire somebody to help you. You got the hired hands time. You got the yeah. wear and tear on the machinery. Diesel, yeah. last I looked, is hanging around what three seventy of three seventy a gallon. Yeah. So those tractors don't run for free. We don't have solar powered tractors yet. And so, and and then frankly, you might have one more trip across the field that was unnecessary. So you got maybe a compaction issue, uh, or you just got the fact that you you're burning up time and you're up against the clock. So I, I I'm wondering well, about that. I'll give you something. So uh, let's let's just go through, um, I guess, my infer program and why I do each one of them. Is it would that is that fair to to do that? And because it, it gives you a better idea why I do them. Absolutely. So um, first of all, I always use try to use a you know a, a fertilizer efficiency product. You know, with like Prevent NXT for the the. Um, for ag x is that is that helps with the phosphorus to getting into the plant so i'm going to use a, a, a efficiency product there and by the I'm way a use... fertilizer efficiency product again something we never okay what 40 years ago we talked about nitrogen stabilizer inserve was the big one back you know 40 right years, whatever so we're talking about basically we took that idea and brought it to modern day when you say fertilizer efficiency, it's not just stabilizing nitrogen. It's much more than that. Explain. It's much more than that. It's, it's, it's about phosphorus this time. And in my area, phosphorus is a big deal. And phosphorus should be a big deal to everybody because, you know, what are we all doing as larger farmers? We're pushing the envelope. Even the smaller farmers are pushing the envelope. We're getting out there earlier. We're trying to plant in cold, wet soils sometimes. Well, if we're going to plant in cold, wet soils, what's the first thing that's going to be the problem? We're going to have a phosphorus problem. So if I can make a product that I, I can make that phosphorus more efficient, drive into the plant, I've already got a healthier plant because phosphorus drives energy. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is I want to use a PGR of some sort. I want to build my roots. Remember, I'm building the foundation for my factory. Then I'm going to protect it with a fungicide and insecticide. The fungicide that I use, I use a fungicide that, that protects me against Pythium, Fusarium, Rhizoctonia. That's all stuff that comes with cool, wet soils. And that's what all of us are going to be doing at the beginning edge. We're trying to protect everything. So then I'm going to follow it. I'm going to use a humic fulvic blend with sugar. Um, why I'm doing that is because I'm trying to feed the biology of my soil to capture more micronutrients, more fertilizer, get more into it. And then I'm going to add a micro pack. Okay, so this is me. This is me specifically. I'm not going to use a fertilizer. I don't like 
fertilizer fertilizer in my furrow. This is just me personally. I know a lot of other people do, but I don't. I'm going to use micro packs that I know are high in certain products that I need, certain micros that I need, because my soil is very different than the neighbor's soil because of how I set it up in the beginning. Um, so I'm going to be looking at products that have a high concentration of, of, of manganese in it, high concentration of ma um, magnesium in it. Um, another, you know, I want a high phosphorus blend. The reason I want all these things is because one drives energy and the other two feed on photosynthesis. So I'm looking at that part of the year, not getting enough days of sunlight, um, maybe being a little bit cool. Um, all these things, they play synergy. So that's why when I talk about the synergy and, you know, Adrian talks about it, all these things work in unison together. And that's what we found. You know, I'll give you a, for instance, a couple years ago, um, you just said something about compaction. A buddy of mine came out and it was a farmer friend of mine um, from the area. And we talk about all kinds of stuff and he comes out and, and helps me out a lot. And he's, he's taking a pin knife. I was telling Adrian about this and he's going through the field and he's sticking this knife down in the ground and, and he gets right there, you know, where my, in fur treatment was and this is at harvest time now and he's like man this pin knife sinks right in the ground and he's like so he calls me he's like man what is going on like everywhere i went wherever your root zone is like it's like really soft and super mellow in that soil that's the humix and the sugars they're helping break that compaction they're feeding that biology it's a really healthy system it's a really healthy root zone so all of these things they really work in unison or you know synergistic very together it's 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 a lot more than you realize now i just found out that you know this year um adrian's company um they come out with this new product called upward where it's the fertilizer efficiency product, the sugar product that I always use anyway, and the humic fulvic source that we use. And that's coming in one jug. And what that does for somebody like me, instead of having three totes that are sitting on my sprayer trailer or on my planter trailer, now I've got one tote. And Adrian, to me, that's a that's a huge deal. You know, how hard is it you going up somebody's lane and trying to sell them three products versus one? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's always going to ask me, all right, you got three here. Which one? You know, if you had to pick one, which one are you going to go with? And it, it's hard to uh, it's hard to single out one of those products. Cause like you say, I think they play very well together and play off of each other. So, you know. You talk about cost, you're looking at, you know, a couple bushels of corn and, you know, definitely I don't think it, you know, a guy needs to go out there expecting he's going to see a 30 bushel yield increase every time. I definitely think in that situation we had, that was a year where just a lot of things played, you know, played into its favor. But, um, you know, I think you talk about what you're looking at it for paying some of these orthophosphate fertilizers, you know, you're pricing them per gallon. You're, you're making a huge investment in them. You know, are you getting 60% of your investment into the plant? Uh, are you getting 80%? You know, if we can take a product for a couple bushels and really drive it in there, get it out of the ground, get you a uniform stand. We've been talking that forever. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great return on your money. I'm convinced that the whole thing is going, and it's a little bit because of environmentalism, which 
a lot of times has worked counter to what we're doing, but also, and Temple's the one that we would talk about this all the time. He was at the very front end of the spear on this one because he's in the Chesapeake Bay watershed. And I'm glad to see that about every other one of these recordings I do with Extreme Ag, we talk about, we might have been putting on more nutrients than we ever needed. It was bad for Lake Erie. Look at the, the algae bloom starting 20 years ago. It was bad for the resources and also it was wasteful. So I like the idea that we're talking about putting the right amount to get huge benefit because it wasn't that we didn't have enough before us. We didn't have it the right place, which I think drives this in furrow thing. Am I right? I about think, that, Adrian? Yeah, I think so. And, and another piece of the puzzle is, I mean, you, you were at Commodity Classic. How many biological companies were there this year? You know, you uh, forty times more than there were twenty years ago. Is that exactly. what you say? And you, you know, Temple Temple made a good point a minute ago about you know feeding the biology, you know, the microbes in the soil. But if you're looking at investing in a uh, a biological type product to do a specific job in that crop, um, you take like our sugar product. You know, you take that as a good food source for that investment that you're putting in the ground already. And you're trying to ramp that um, biology up and get it start working, colonizing. I mean, there's a there's a whole nother effect there uh, as you're starting to look at some of these new things coming on the market. I think we don't even know for sure. Uh, I mean, I think that we know more about Mars right now than we know about soil biology. And I think it's the new frontier for agriculture. And we're going to look, and I've said this about over tillage and i'm gonna say it about over application of uh some of the stuff we've used it you know and i was an intern for dupont back in 1991 i mean i was supposed to be out there i knew seba geige and lasso i mean all those i know all this i'm just i'm not certainly we're not anti-chemistry i just think that we over applied the stuff and we're starting to realize now looking back it's kind of like hey, at one point they used leeches for medical treatment. And we were like, eh, that wasn't the right thing to do. I think we're going to look back at overusage of products 40 years ago and say, man, look what we know now. Am I right, Temple? I think you're exactly right. And that's what we're finding out right here in, in uh, the watershed that I have to farm in. All the farmers here, we've had to learn to, to do this. We've had to learn to adapt because those first, you know, five six years of the nutrient management plan we all struggled i mean we absolutely struggled um now we've got a lot of new technology we've got a lot of new data we've got a ton of trials and we're finding out more and more every day and it's all about learning what that plant needs when it needs it and we can grow more with less but again it's not only growing more with less it's making every ounce count and putting it into that plant keeps it out of out of the bay, keeps it out of the lakes, keeps it, you know what I mean? We're being environmentally friendly. We are the stewards of this land. Hey, I want to throw this out there. Adrian said he's been asked by uh, producers, well, wait a minute, you got three things you're telling me to put in there. Which one's your favorite? Which one should I go without? That's a little bit like when people say, uh, you can't do that. That's like saying, you know, which one of my kids is my favorite? That is crap because you know what? Parents will say, oh, I could never tell you which one of my kids is my favorite. Temple has five kids. Trust me, he knows which one's his favorite. He knows which he knows, he knows which ones he knows which ones he would go without. I mean, we, we can admit this. Look, when in doubt, send them all. That's <laughs> all I can say. All right. Let's talk then. Uh we're talking about 
you know, we, we, we put in the journey to infer and all that. How do you think you're better at today, Temple, than you were just two years ago? Is it just about putting oh, more stuff man. in furrow? <clears throat> no, it's not about putting more stuff in furrow. Again, I'll go back to, um, I'm going to go back to this. It's the relationships that, that, that I've gotten um in extreme ag to be to be completely honest you know with the relationships that i've gotten with the people that i know and the things that i'm bringing forward every year um my my aph you know my average production history is coming up and up and up in every crop um it's not just corn it's it's corn wheat and beans um and learning all these things and being able to pinpoint you know these growing stages you know kevin talks kevin matthews talks about it all the time you know pinpoint trigger points um pgrs huge deal um but learning and then being in a group like this learning the trigger points one learning that when you hit them with a pgr you're going to get a you're going to get a reaction and it's your reaction to that action. Um, you, you have to be ahead of that. And this is all stuff that we're learning and we're growing so fast and we're learning so much. I, I just, I can't pinpoint any one thing. It's, it's everything. It's every stage of the crop. Um, and I think more than anything, with you know adrian working with adrian i spent a bunch of time with adrian down in the field in north carolina and northern uh, or in southern virginia uh northern north carolina um and looking at things you know we're learning together all of us our partners and us as well as well at extreme ag and we're learning what all these points are what the next step is what we're falling low on and what soil type um, not just what soil type, what, what is that farmer's background? How did he set that plan up? What was the foundation? Like all those play a big key role. You know, I can't grow, grow a crop down there where Adrian is. Um, but what him and I can do together is find out where the fundamentals are and what we're lacking in and how to get in front of that. That's what's you know what important. He, it's you know proactive. What he, said? he said he can't get five or six uh, tenths of a pound of corn off of a stalk where he is. Every Thanksgiving when I'm traveling around and I see those little itty bitty Indian corn ears, I now know where they come from. Adrian, is that your backyard? <laughs> is that where that stuff comes from? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like blue it's blue and it's really small is that is that is that the stuff in your part I, of the world that's, i think that stuff's coming out of the shore up there and that's some of that watershed going listen don't 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 tease him too much damien you know one of his customers is uh heath Cutrell. he grows a bigger corn crop than all of us 394 bushels dry land okay answer me this then we're gonna get out of here what's going in uh this year in any way that your infro has changed, even just this year from last year, based on what you've learned. Uh, in okay, when you go across the field, you've got a dozen things going on. Not all of them are in furrow. Some of them are in two by two, whatever. Just go ahead and yeah. just tell me what you're going to do this year. So what I'll do this year is I'll take this year. Um, I'll take last year's data that I pulled off my tissue samples. I'm not going to change my fertilizer recommendation because my fertilizer recs and my what I'm going to um, what I'm going to initiate this year is the same as last year. My fertilizer is the same. So I'll take my first tissue samples at early growth and I'll find out 
on the bulk of all of my ground and I'll, I'll key in on certain things that I'm low in and I'll find the micronutrient pack that Adrian has and I'll put that in my, in my, in furrow and I'll get in front of that. Um, that's one of the things that I'm going to do. Um, one of the things I'm really interested in is this new product that, that he has because he just cut out three things so I can make, just put one tote on my truck versus three totes so by the way that's that's a big pack your, some of your, your your buddy chad henderson that's the sendit twins you know adrian if it <laughs> if you ask if you put chad henderson you know like in every card game there's the person that's the like almost reckless and then there's the person <laughs> that like holds their card really conservative if you're the partner to one of them you need to play the conservative cards because they are going to go full tilt every single time. Yeah. They're going to push their stack in and be all in. It's kind of fun. We've got to be the voice of reason over here. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but the send it twins, Chad, more, more than Timble talks a lot about compatibility and ease of use. You know, uh, he's, he's mentioned that about a couple of companies where he uses their stuff. Braytex, one of the examples he's used, he's like, Hey man, they make it. So there's this jug, boom, boom, boom. It goes like this. What you're telling me right now is, uh, Ag Explorer made it easy on you because one shuttle, one, one tote, one thing on the trailer, yeah. because you got a lot of different stuff to could possibly get confused. Yeah. I mean, guys can make mistakes. You know, we all have other guys running planners. You know, my son runs one planner. I run one planner and my nephew, he runs his own planner. Um, and things can get confusing. And when you're all pulling off the same trailer, somebody can make a mistake. So, um, mistakes aren't made as much if, if they put all three of those products into one jug, basically, that's going to be a big deal for me. Adrian, speaking of mistakes, what, what mistake do you think you see when it comes to in somebody might be listening to this saying, you know what? I've been listening to extreme ag. I'm going to start doing more stuff in furrow. I mean, you've sold me on it. You start talking 32 bushels, 3000 plants per acre, or in Adrian's case, you were 3000. He said he was 12,000, right? He four times. You? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. They so want to they they get in on, they want to get on this because they absolutely say, I think there's some real merit to this. We're putting resources where they need to be. We can use less stuff per acre, but get bigger output feed the plant, you know, talk about all those things. What's a mistake that you want to advise folks against, Adrian? I'd say, you know, just think about what we talked about here on the podcast. Don't think that this is just for corn. You know, we've talked a lot about corn, yeah. but don't make the mistake of thinking that there isn't other opportunities with other crops. Uh, even if you're not running a starter fertilizer to run something uh, such as these biostimulants, uh, we saw good results on soybeans in 2022. You know, looking at other crops, even if you're in a specialty market, you know, with your transplant water, um, things like that. Just don't get wrapped around the axle that, oh, they're talking about corn or, you know, I'm in Kansas. We've got dry land corn and, and you know, we can't do those sort of things. Um, don't don't get caught up in that. You know, think about it in, from other crops perspective as well. I got something for you, Damien. Um Adrian's exactly right. My infer treatment on my soybeans, um, both planters, well, all three planters, every row on that thing, we do, we put an infer on all 31 rows. We got 16, 31 planters. We put, we have it on every row. My infer treatment on my soybeans is heavier packed than my corn is. 
By the way, I'm glad that Adrian brought that up. I think we've only visited that subject once in all the recordings in I've done with Extreme Ag where people, are we treating soybeans like the redheaded stepchild? I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. Yes. But anyway, we usually do. It's like, because American farming, North American farming is like, hey, corn, more corn, more corn. And so, you know, Kelly Garrett says that the holy grail of American agriculture is grow more corn. And the thing is, you can make a lot of money on soybeans if you don't treat them like they're just a, in every other, as treating it like a breather between corn. That That's exactly right. You know, you look at what Matt Miles is doing. You know, Matt has got a, a great heat. Now he's, he's, he's got all irrigated beans, but his average production is, is it's awesome. I mean, it's, in, it's absolutely incredible what he does with beans across every acre on his farm. Like there is a lot of money hidden in the data to go and find the right products and you get the right people to point you in the right direction to grow a big bean crop. And then furrow is the starting platform. Um, I can't tell you how much bigger my root systems get. Um, because of my infrared treatments on soybeans. And if you can set up that original platform, man, it's all big after that. So the mistake that I asked for, uh, Adrian, by the way, that's good stuff. Yes. Because again, be beans make you money also. Um, unless you're selling soybean seed, you know, then it's, it's all the money's on the corn, right? Anyway, Adrian, you said the big mistake is uh, thinking that inferral only applies to corn. I think that was a, a, a good one. Do you have anything, any follow-up on that? Is there any other mistakes that a person needs to be cautious of? Because your point is you can use inferral anywhere for big results. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, just just being willing to try something, you know, try something different and not get hung up in that this is the way we've always done it. You know, it's going to be too much of a hassle, you know, if you got questions, you know, reach out to you, to your local expert or, or, you know, somebody in the area is doing all you something. Gotta do, all you got to do is pay attention to what we're doing here at Extreme Ag. Trust me, these guys aren't afraid to experiment. Did you, you were sitting here when I said mm -hmm. Temple, Temple's the guy that pushes his stack and he sometimes before they even deal the cards pushes his stack in the middle. He's, he's out there anyway. All yeah. right. Uh, other thing, close us out of here, Temple, uh, infer treatments. What you're doing this year, you said the big thing is you're going to use a micronutrient pack in addition to your other stuff. So in your inferro, all acres? All acres. Every acre, is, we have an inferro treatment on every acre. And I don't want to go out there because, and, and we'll have a micronutrient pack that's specialized. And again, you know, if there's any mistake that people can make is don't just put any micronutrient pack in there know exactly what your faults are on your ground if you know what they are it's it, that micro pay, pack will pay off big dividends if you don't know what that fault is don't add it in there because th it doesn't make any sense to use it quite yet but the humic fulvics the sugars the insecticides the pgrs the product use efficiency products all of those stuff that all pays off but only put the micro pack in if you know what at an early growth what you're usually lacking in that's the only way to make that payoff and you know that from the tissue samples from a year ago when you say mm -hmm. this is what was lacking at like in the first three weeks of of uh, emergency so i'll i'll give you a for instance so you know when we were first playing with putting micro packs in for o, um we didn't know exactly what we were doing um and years prior 
to that where we didn't put any in, you know, we looked at, you know, oh, well, I took a tissue sample. It said I was low in this. And then you go and you go chase that dog and you can never catch it. You know, mm -hmm. you're just chasing that tail and it never happens. Well, when we started fine tuning what exactly we need and we get that product or that, you know, a micro blend that has those products in it that we are low in, all of a sudden, our early growth, oh, we were just dead even. You know, everything was balanced. And this whole thing is all about balance. If you can keep everything balanced, you it's a lot easier to keep going. If you're imbalanced, you know, you get your phosphorus way off or you get zinc way off. When those things happen, like you can't catch up. You can't get them back in balance. But if you start in balance, it's easier to stay balanced. Yeah, I think you said it from we started off. It's about the foundation, uh, you know, running out there, uh, you know, mid-season and trying to play catch-up. Uh, if you can get it all, if you can get the things going right at the beginning, you build a foundation. I think we're going to leave it right there. His name is Adrian Boyd. He's with Ag Explorer. Temple Roads with Extreme Ag. My name is Damian Mason, and this is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Till next time. Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more insights and information that you can apply to your farming operation, visit ExtremeAg.Farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products designed to reduce crop stress and improve yields. Check out AgExplore.com and start protecting your yields and profits.